Today in the podcast, the guys are going to talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse from Revelation chapter 6. It's going to be really awesome, so sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, All Out Warriors. It's another episode of All Out War. It's Rosie and Turner in the studio. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> you were so mellow when you came on. <laughs> I'm, yeah, all, I'm all excited and you're like... I'm excited. What's up, dude? Yeah, I'm just mellow. You're just mellow. I'm just a mellow dude. You are, man. Yeah. Dude, so how's your, how's your uh, week go? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have much going on. Yeah, it was nice and mellow. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had a pretty decent week myself. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. How's your week? <laughs> yeah. It's good, man. You know what? Whenever you get to February and nobody's sick, like yeah. that's a that's a strong point. Well, I, ha- I just am getting over shingles. Uh, well, that's gross. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're getting over it, though. I think I'm done. So now I'm going to tell everyone, like, yeah, I had shingles for the last week or two. <laughs> they can't get mad. Like, yeah. Because like, if no one got it, then whatever. It's not contagious, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah. You didn't even tell me, dude. I feel like old people. Oh, well. I like hung out with you a couple times. (laughs) We went to dinner. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Man, I'm glad I didn't get shingles. Yeah. Or I hope I don't get shingles. Yeah, it's all right. It's not that bad. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good week. So what do you know? Oh, hey, did you know that uh, (laughs) turtles can breathe through their butts? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And also, I'm going to throw in a double one because I don't want to read all the <laughs> signs behind. But yeah, turtles can, they have the option to breathe through their butts. <laughs> Something about their shell compressing or whatever. Um, but yeah, the other thing is birds don't pee. <laughs> Dude, what are you watching? Animal Planet? <laughs> no, I just found a couple animal facts. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Well, I love that. I I do love that. It's a great movie. Um yeah, that's all true. So it's not incoherent. So Mr. <laughs> I can't remember who the actor was that played that guy. Billy Madison or? Yeah, it's from Billy Adam Madison. Adam Sandler. Yeah. But not the, the guy. Oh, the Mr. Team. Announcer. Oh, the, the game. The, the game show host show. guy, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Birds can't pee and turtles breathe through their bunghole. Yeah, their butts. Bungholio. Bungholio. <laughs> remember? Did you ever watch yeah. that one? Beavis and Butthead? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I should get one of their sound bites on here. That'd be good. Oh, man. Do we have a crazy <laughs> podcast today? Uh, man, it is, you know, it is appropriate for the title of our podcast being All Out War. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are continuing our end time series and we have just crazy. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, yeah. which it sounds like an awesome Ozzy Osbourne album or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> or Black Sabbath or something. But uh, it's the natural progression into some of what what we've been talking about in our end times. And remember, folks, this end times series is just a series that's going to be ongoing. And we might take a break for a while and move on to something else and then come back to it another time. But um, right now we're pretty hot on it. And so we're just going to do part three 
of our end time series and it dovetails perfectly with part two which was about the antichrist who is the antichrist if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to that and then come back and listen to this one because this one's gonna uh gonna tie in with that perfectly it dovetails perfectly but uh so revelation chapter six dude that's where this all starts to happen mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to read a, a couple verses for you. Well, actually, no, we'll read the first two verses, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. Okay. How's that? Yeah. It's not a Bible study, but we got to read the verses because that's where it comes from. Yeah. So yeah. in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the Apostle John writes in chapter six of Revelation, he says in verse one, I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse, and its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. That's from the NIV 84 version of the Bible, for those of you that were wondering, Mm. uh, which is no longer in print. But, uh, so, chapters 1 and chapters... So, when you start to break down the book of Revelation a little bit, in chapter 1, verse 11... You get a the apostle John is told by this vision of you know of, that he's taken into heaven. Uh, he says, "I want you to write down three basic things." He says, "Things that were, things that are, and things that will be." Mm-hmm. And so when he tells him to do these things, that those are broken up into sections. This is actually along the section that's going to be in the things that will be. Right. So the future events that are going to happen and. Um, and so, when you get to Revelation chapter 6, everything in chapter 6 is going to be future events that are going to happen. And I will say this right off the bat, just so that we can get our timelines square and all. Where I believe, and I'm not sure if you believe it yet or not, or if I'm pretty sure, I know you believe in this, but the rapture. Yeah, yeah. We talk about Harpazzo, you know, the going up into the sky, right? Right, right. The being taken up, the Harpazzo. I think I called it Raptus before, and I was wrong in my... Um, Greek, it's harpazo, but which means to be caught up. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, when we talk about the rapture, so I was doing a little bit of studying on this just today, and um, in chapter one of Revelation, when Jesus, or when uh, John sees the vision, he sees the Lamb of God on the throne, and on the earth, he sees this happening. There are seven lampstands. Uh, that represents seven churches. And those seven lampstands are on the earth. And then there's seven spirits that are assigned, one spirit to each of those lampstands, assigned to them, the spirits of God, assigned to those lampstands. But those are held in the throne room in heaven. The spirits. The spirits are, yeah. When you get into chapter 4, a little bit later on, uh, thou the lampstands are in heaven. Okay. So they... They transfer from earth to heaven. And then after that... So is that the rapture? I believe... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I believe that's a, a symbol of the rapture, that the church will the church no longer... Is, okay. Yeah, so I think the... You know, I, I don't want to... You know, Revelation 4, the lampstands or the churches are before the throne of God, and the elders are sitting around the throne, and there's the lamb who's sitting on his throne, and then there's these four creatures, and they're all together. Mm-hmm. And I just really trust that that is a great interpretation, I guess you could say, yeah, yeah. of the rapture happening. Uh, it's a cue to that and all of that. And I think I said this before, but you never see the word church 
after chapter four until chapter like 20, mm-hmm. which is the beginning of the millennial, Second, yeah. millennial reign and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so you don't see. So the, there's this big section that doesn't talk about the church. Yeah. Majority yeah. of the book of Revelation. Yeah. And okay. so the first four, for the first four chapters is God's address, you know, the Lord's addressing the churches. And, you know, each one of the churches that he talks to in, in those chapters are like, yeah, he's got some good stuff to say, but he's got some a lot of corrective, corrective things to say as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, hey, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, but you've forgotten your first love, or you've turned to the way of the, you know, Nicolaitans and or whatever. Yeah. And so he has these different, you know, condemnations along with these commendations. So, um, hold on. So the, man, the Coke Zero is vicious tonight. It's vicious for both of us. I know, man. I think it's just because I didn't eat well or something. <laughs> but uh, so. The scene in chapter six is that now, uh, assuming that my theology is correct, my eschatology is straight, uh, <laughs> we have chapter six, the beginning of the, basically the breaking of the scroll. So he holds up in a scroll and- It has seven seals on it. it. Has, yeah, so it has seven locks on it, if you will, and, and nobody in heaven can open it up nobody and so then john starts to weep and he's like well because he wants to know what's going on you know why can't and the and one of the elders who's sitting on the throne around says don't worry the lamb of god can open it and he's the only one worthy to open it and so he does open it and he cracks the seal and man the first thing that happens is this white horse is revealed and so this white horse comes forth and it's in verses one and two and it says I watched as a lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I heard the, uh, the one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come forward. And I looked, and there before me was the white horse, and its rider had a bow and a crown. So this creature, I want to I get some of the little details out of the yeah, way. Yeah, so yeah. we talk about the lamp stands. We're talking about the, the creature and the seal now and how God opens it up. But the creature is... This creature that's shown up a couple different times in Scripture. He shows up in Ezekiel. He shows up in Daniel. Uh, I think Isaiah might even have a vision of this creature. And then you see him here in Revelation. And Already in heaven. In heaven. And it's only can be identified as a cherubim or possibly a seraphim, but a, more than likely a cherubim. An would, angel. An angel, yeah. It's a, it's an it has el- the four different heads of different... Uh, yeah. Or faces of different animals, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's got a, a cow... Or a calf. Um, it's got a eagle and a man's face, and um, I forget what the other face is. Uh, an ox, maybe mm-hmm. is what it is. And and if you do a study on those, those actually also represent the four gospels, right? Uh, which is kind of cool because you know John's gospel or Matthew's gospel is the eagle, or he's majestic. You know, he's the king. You know, the eagle is like overall, right? John's gospel is the man, the son of God. He mm-hmm. represents his humanity. Um, the ox is Mark's gospel where he's a servant, you know, he's, ox is a servant, you know, and then, uh, and then the, the, the calf, yeah, the calf would be uh, Luke's gospel. Um, and I'm not sure what that represents. <laughs> Medical. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Cause Luke was a doctor. But, uh, anyways, so you have this, this angel, this cherubim tell it to come forth. And so the horse, who? the horse to come forth. Okay. And so the horse comes forth with the rider on it, and they don't really tell us um, what the rider, you know, what the rider is necessarily, um, 
looks like, but they do tell us what the horse looks like. And the horse is a white horse, and the and the white horse is um, uh, it, the white horse is basically this horse of deception is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a contrast that Scripture gives us about this high this white horse and the fact that uh, number one. Uh, there's two white horses that are going to be represented in Scripture. And this actually can cause some confusion to people because some people misinterpret this horse as Jesus coming forth, as mm-hmm. he's going to come forth and and uh, do wreck some shop, you know. And it, that's just not the case. So you have a white horse in Revelation 6, and then you have another white horse in Revelation chapter 19. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 19 is Jesus coming back and what we would call the second coming. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I, I, I have opened some different notes, what you're going off of. And it says for the white horse that this is commonly used in scripture to identify a conqueror. Correct. So, so that, that's kind of like what you're alluding to the, the two different horses, they're still using that uh, idea of a conqueror or a victor. Right. Right. So, and he also has a crown, mm-hmm. and he has a, a bow. bow. And yeah. So, so the bow. Let's talk about the bow for just a second. So, mm-hmm. we know that the white horse is not Jesus because he's not coming back again until chapter nineteen. So, this horse is going to have limited power, limited authority, and limited range. It can only do what God has destined and designed and ordered it to do. I was going to say, I have a really cool point here. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what you just said is identified because he doesn't have any arrows with the bow. Think about that. Yeah. Well, or it's not even a bow, like a bow and arrow. Right. So I got a, I got a cool. Okay. 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 So, all right. So let's talk about the bow. So it's not necessarily a bow like you would think of, like a bow and arrow. Oh. And there's debate amongst theologians about this. And so remember when I was talking about when you interpret scripture, it's the law of first use. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last time. And so the law of first use, the first use of the word bow or an example of bow that we see not like B.O., like stink, but <laughs> but bow, like B.O.W., is in Genesis. It's found in Genesis after the flood with Noah, hmm. when God makes a covenant with mankind, and he, as a sign of his covenant that he will never flood the earth again to destroy the whole earth, he gives them the sign of the rainbow. Oh. So the bow is a sign of a covenant. Okay. 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 Now, so if you're going to catch on here in a second, so what the Antichrist is going to do, because this white horse ultimately will is representative of the Antichrist. Okay, it comes it comes with all the imagery that Jesus has, but none of what it's what it's going to deliver. It can't mm-hmm. deliver what Jesus delivers. Right. So, for instance, the contrast of the horses. So the one white horse, the 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 white horse in Genesis in Revelation six is he comes making war. That's what he does. He's it literally says he's conquesting and or he's rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest, which means he is going to make war. Uh, secondly, Jesus's horse in chapter nineteen is he comes back already won. He's hmm. already conquered. He is the established king. The Antichrist has a bow in his hand to make a covenant with people for peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the new covenant, right, that we have in him. Right, right. The Antichrist 
in the white horse here has a crown on his head. Jesus comes back with a crown on his head as well. The difference is the Greek words that they use for the crown, for the word crown. Hmm. The, the white horse, the crown that's on his head is the, in, a Greek, in the Greek word is the word Stephanos, which is a victor's crown. And it's used in, in the idea of, uh, of war, of, uh, of uh, athletic rivalry or some kind of wrestling or like Olympic games, that type of, that's what they would use. So they would give like a, it's a leafy crown that they would put on the head of an athlete um, when he would win, Yeah, you know, when he would become victorious or whatever, through a, through a real vigorous fight. The crown that Jesus has on his head in Revelation 19, it's called a royal diadem. That's the, the actual Greek word is diadem, and it, it means authority or the right to rule. So one is after you have conquered something and you've won a spot. The other is ultimate authority. Right. And so that's the difference. One's a leafy crown. One's a crown made of precious jewels and and it's so yeah, yeah yeah. So what it's basically saying is like so it's all imagery that's given to John through this horse. Mm-hmm. In fact, all of these four horses are not actually horses that are going to run across the sky. Like, right. like, like I used to think that when I first read Revelation, when I was a new believer, I was like, man, these horses are going to come running across the sky or what, you know, you just have weird sci-fi imagery in your head, you know, yeah. or I'm just not very clever. Like a Pegasus. Right. Yeah. Something yeah. weird. Yeah. You just never know. So the white horse ultimately is going to be the Antichrist. He know, we know that he's going to come and, and he's going to promise peace. He's going to make a covenant, AKA the bow. He's going to break the covenant after three and a half years because the peace is promised for seven years, but it only lasts half the time. So in three and a half years, it's going to become all hell on earth and war is going to break free. But the Antichrist is going to come and assert his place of power and authority based on the promises of peace. So there's a great verse in, I think it's Thessalonians or Jude, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, but it talks about how he will come and peace will be his weapon. Right. And in uh, reference to basically how the Antichrist is going to use peace as this great deceptive way to bring, to promise something and get people to kind of get in line. And then he's going to, then he's going to go in what they call the abomination that causes desolation. It's going to be at that three and a half year mark. He's going to go into the temple, the third temple right. that we talked about in the first podcast. He's going to go into the third temple. He's going to pronounce himself to be God. He's going to demand to be worshipped, and uh, whoever doesn't worship him and receive the mark and all that will be punished severely, even by death, by beheading. Right. So the white horse is the antichrist that's going to show up. That's why it fits perfectly with what we were talking about yeah, yeah. last week. You know, And this wasn't planned, so it's perfect. Yeah, right? Yeah, we haven't really... I just kind of thought, hey, we should just do this. In fact, I think I said it at the end after we were done recording last week. I was like, let's do the four. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it was even during the week sometime. I was yeah. like, let's do that. But uh, so um, so there's a couple things about the Antichrist too that we didn't talk about last week that I do want to talk about. I was just kind of thinking it through. So um, can the – like we were, we didn't really unpack some of like – we talked about how he'll have some kind of weird power and he'll have – some weird authority and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, and <laughs> we also talked about how he's going to be an assassination attempt on him mm-hmm. and how he's going to have a mortal wound but survive. Like he'll resurrect somehow. And so I was digging into that a little bit and I found 
my good old friend Chuck Misler. I don't know if anybody <laughs> yeah. knows Chuck Misler. He's just a pretty cool dude. But uh, I imagine just you should just get any of his books and read them. But Chuck says, Chuck Misler says that the Antichrist could be the seed of Satan. And so he could actually be a child of Satan. And I know that sounds really weird. Not Damien, not like the old uh, <laughs> Omen. From the Omen, yeah. <laughs> the Omen movies, no. A little different than that. Uh, and there's actually a biblical response to this. And so I'm going to walk us through that, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, when, you, when you brought this up before the recording, I'm stoked to yeah. get back into this because this is always fun stuff <laughs> right. to talk about. Yeah. And this is our favorite topic that we talk about, the Nephilim. It's gonna, <laughs> It's going to actually lean into that a little bit. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, after the fall, God discovers Adam and Eve, and they're hiding, and he pulls them out, and he starts to talk to them, and he actually pronounces a curse on Satan first. And he says in Genesis three fourteen. so the Lord God said to the serpent, the serpent being Satan, he said, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So obviously, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time or you've known me, you you know that this, as many people believe, I believe this as well, that this is the first kind of glimpse into God redeeming mankind from this fall that just happened, right. that happened through both rebellion and deception. Mm-hmm. So they were deceived by Satan, but they also rebelled because they knew they should not break, you know, eat from that tree. So it, it's a it's a twofold Yeah, because they had failure. the choice. They had the choice. That's yeah. right. So it was a twofold failure. One was deception by Satan on his part. So the, fall, the fallen yeah. Elohim, the angels, he's the leader of them, supposedly, and he's cursed. So now he's got a curse, and the, in that curse laced into that curse is the promise of Messiah coming because it says there, the very last thing it says, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And uh, they're talking about the offspring of woman versus the offspring of Satan. He being the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it says, he will crush your head. And, uh, and but he says, and you will strike his heel. And so there's no doubt that when Jesus went to the cross, which is the he that he's speaking of here in Genesis 3, that he, it would appear that you know, he had struck his heel, that he had a, a wound, a, a really bad wound, almost like a mortal wound mm-hmm. in the sense that, and he did, he died. Yeah. But he rose from the dead because of his righteousness, death could not hold him. Mm-hmm. So now it, it was just a striking of a heel. It was a, it was a mortal wound. It was a flesh wound. It was a flesh wound, but what, yeah, like no doubt, like a real flesh wound. Yeah. Like So, and when he did that, he defeated and broke the power of sin the power of the enemy over anyone because now he would create his own offspring. Mm-hmm. And this is the word that we need to talk about because it says in there in Genesis 3.14, it says that between your offspring and hers. So we understand that her offspring being, in some of your Bible translations say seed, but the Hebrew word literally means offspring. So it's a really good translation in the NIV. Well, I mean, seed works too. It does, um, but the the Hebrew word it means offspring. Right, That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It's the, the word zera, which is um, you know, it, offspring. It, yeah. yeah, it means offspring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, so here's the thing. So we know the woman can have offspring, right? We know that, and 
but can angels have offspring? And that's the big dilemma, like people don't understand. So one of the things that we have to know is that the when you get to Genesis chapter six, we see something crazy happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to carry this thought with me, okay? Because we're talking about his offspring, meaning Satan's offspring. So Satan is a created being. He's created by God, and it's what I would call, it, it's actually the Hebrew word is Banaiha Elohim. That's how it's said. I've been practicing that. Banaiha yeah. Elohim. And it's a term that refers to the direct creation from God. So in other words, when you get to Genesis 6, it says the sons of God, the Banaiha Elohim, saw that the daughters of men were attractive and they took them as their wives, whomever they chose. That's a paraphrase from Genesis chapter 6. Yeah. And this is... This is the one where the book of Enoch gets involved and all these other things, and Jude talks about it as well. But what is what happens here is that word, the sons of God, the Benah Elohim, means a direct creation of God. So in other words, we, you and I, we are not a we are an indirect creation of God. Right. And let me explain that. Okay. We're all purposed by God, given life by God, all of those things. There's not an accident or anything like that. But what God did is he chose to create certain angels. They were one angel. He was literally the creator. It wasn't as though there was some Adam angel that had offspring angels, and that's who their, you know, their celestial father would be. Yeah, or so it's whatever. not Daddy Satan. Like he didn't, <laughs> right. he didn't uh, exactly. impregnate some female angels, and they gave birth. To, right. Yeah. And, and this, what you said, is amazing because that is exactly what people have arguments for, saying, "Well, there's no way that Satan can have offspring," because the Bible says that when we get to heaven, we'll be like the angels. We won't be given in marriage, and we can't have children. Like there's no need for marriage. Mm-hmm. So there's an answer to this as well. But let me go back a little bit. So every human being is the indirect creation of God because our father is Adam. That's who our create that's who our, you know, our progenit- so, progenital father, I so guess. So real quick, Adam and E uh, Adam at least is a Benihah. Uh he's created, but he's not uh he's not Elohim, but he is a direct creation. Yeah, he would be a ben- he would be a Benaha uh Benaha Adam. Yeah. So, because the daughters of women is Beneth Ha Adam, mm-hmm. is the Hebrew word, and Boneth is um, is the it, indirect daughter. It's the daughters. Yeah. And but uh-huh. of man of men is Ha Adam. Mm-hmm. So Adam would be uh, he wouldn't be a daughter Beneth out of him. He would be a whatever the male term is. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's Benai. But anyways, yeah, I guess it would be Benai. It would be Benai Ha Adam. Mm-hmm. So he'd be a benai, which would be son or man. Okay. All right. So I've, I've totally confused everyone listening. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so so you, what you have is all other humans outside of Jesus are sons of Adam. Okay. We are indirect creation of God. But the sons of God were the direct creation of God in the sense that they had no father angel like we have father humans. So when you when you look at the way that creation has been set up, God made certain... You know, just like that that creature that says come forth when the seal's broken and the white horse comes forth, that creature is a direct he's he's literally he's he's a direct creation of God in the sense that God's decided to have him and made him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, um and he's probably a one of a kind in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, so all the all the original animals were also direct. 
Yeah, I guess you could in the plants and <laughs> yeah. all of that too. Yeah, there's always got to be an inceptor of all right. those things, right? Yeah. yeah. But so, but angels don't procreate. Right. So in heaven, so how do they procreate in Genesis chapter six? Well, you have to go to Jude chapter six in the New Testament because Jude gives us a clue to this, and you have to piece it all together. So Jude chapter 6 tells us that certain angels, meaning Satan would be included in that, they did not keep their first estate, but they left their own habitation. And that's the word, habitation. Okay? The Greek word for habitation is, it infers this idea of the shedding of your heavenly bodies. So um, one way that I could describe it is that when an angel is in heaven and it's b- before the Lord, it's God's glory is radiating on his throne, right? It's like his face is like the sun. I mean, so so they have this glorified presence and they can withstand the presence of the perfection and glory of God as it's radiating. When they were evicted from heaven, that glory was also evicted and they did not take that glory with them. When angels in the New Testament come and they're assigned to come forward, and whenever a, a person sees an angel and they see this angel standing there, whenever they see him, they fall down like dead because they're radiating the glory of God. When Moses spent time on the mountaintop with God on Mount Sinai, and he came down after he'd been up there for 40 days, and they had heard the voice of God in the cloud and all these other things, and they see Moses' face, as Mo- it, they, the, it says that his face was radiating with the Shekinah glory of God. In other words, he had been in the presence of God, he had left the presence of God, he somehow was allowed to survive the experience, and his face was radiating with the glory of God, and they could not look on him without terror. Yeah. That's what it says. I was going to say, it's almost like he had some sunburn. You know, like, it was like there there was oh, dude. a physical, I mean, just when you think about it, like he, like, you, you know, you get from well, the they, sun. They asked him to put a veil over right, his right, face. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same thing as sunburn, but I'm just <laughs> right. saying, like, he had the yeah. residual, just stayed there. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think about. So Jude says that that when they left their original estate, their first estate, uh, they left their own habitation. The Greek word infers that they actually left their heavenly bodies there. So they got something different when they left and came into the realm of the air, as Ephesians 6 talks about the kingdoms of the air and the principalities and powers of the air where they dwell. What I mean, which I mean, makes sense if you want to talk about like a like spiritual beings or something like that. You know, if there's like a, a supernatural um, all around, you know, there could be angels or existing in this room right now. You know what I mean? Like right. In the ethereal They're here. sense. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we can't see them. So that makes sense. Of, you know, I, like, I can see him. Can you? There's one behind you. <laughs> Don't turn around. He's got a big sword. Well, then he's not a good angel though. <laughs> no, he's a great angel. Uh, okay. Um, I was going to say, like, the way when you said it like that, I immediately thought is, like, they had to take a a human form so that we could uh, interact with them. You know what I mean? So they basically put a... Exactly. Like, a shell, or they had to take a new form to, you know, be... Because if you're a spiritual being kind of thing, that, you know, you got to take a human form to exist. So every time an angel's... In the Bible shown, it's a male. And we get this, and Jude 6 talks about it, because he ties in Sodom and Gomorrah yeah, yeah, yeah. with 
Jude 6 ties it in with this whole, the angels left their first estate, they left their heavenly bodies, their inhabitants, you know, their mm-hmm. heavenly bodies, and they shed them, basically, almost like a shell. Like, yeah. you don't get to take that with you. Leave your leave that here. <laughs> That's yeah. mine. And uh, so it says that Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is that the angels show up to rescue Lot, and the men, uh, because they were so evil, they wanted to have sex <laughs> yeah. with the angels. I mean, you know. I'm, okay, I mean, I'm sure they were pretty ripped, and you know, I, I don't know. I can imagine extremely good looking. I just, yeah, I, I can so. only imagine, yeah. right? There's not going to be much wrong with them, right? Yeah. So, uh, but the angels are like, no, I don't think so, and they <laughs> <laughs> they blinded them. But uh, so, but but you see how they wanted to have sex with mm-hmm. them, and and maybe there was some possibility, or maybe they knew there was some possibility, just based on Genesis chapter six that they knew that these angels came down and took wives for themselves. When they took their wives, they actually had offspring from them, and those offspring are what we have called the Nephilim. And that's not a mistake. I mean, that's that's pretty common knowledge. That yeah. That's the pretty traditional interpretation of, of Genesis chapter 6, uh, you know, when you get there. But so going all the way back to Genesis 3, where he says, your offspring, her offspring, it is possible based on Genesis 6, Jude chapter 6, and um, what we see historically through the Bible and traditional, you know, beliefs, orthodox beliefs of the church going all the way back to, you know, the time of Jesus, Second Temple Jews and all of that, you have the ability, you know, theologically, biblically to see that Satan could somehow Take a human form and have a child, impregnate a child. Yeah, somehow have a child. Yeah, and wouldn't that be, as he mocks and tries to mimic everything that God does? Wouldn't that be like the route that he would go? Yeah, you know, because God came in the flesh, Jesus, as the Son of God, He came in the flesh, and so He came and gave Himself as a life, as a sacrifice to earn. It says that the He was given the earth as a footstool, so that's the son of god then what if antichrist comes and he wants to conquer the antichrist comes through satan satan wants to mock god mimic him do everything that he's doing he says all these things in ezekiel he wants to well i mean yeah but i mean like when you think about that like he gets a mortal wound again and he defeats death right right but he doesn't do it like christ did to to save everyone else you know as a sacrifice he did it to be worshipped yeah exactly so that's Mm. Yeah, so I'm with you. So it's possible, Chuck Missler, as he says that that you know he says very clearly that the Antichrist could be the seed of Satan, which is just pretty crazy to think about. And this would also let me take a little rabbit trail off here, <laughs> okay. because I think it's important to say this because now people might be thinking in their mind, well, can an can it like an can a demon impregnate me? Right. <laughs> well, we got to define demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, and we've done this before, but just yeah. as a refresher. You know, I don't like to always repeat myself, but it, it is a it is helpful. Yeah. So people don't have to go back. We do have, did we we did a, a whole episode on demons. Yeah, we and did do it. It was a yeah, it was that's good. right during Halloween. I yeah, forgot so about that. Go back and listen if you want to hear more. But yeah, go ahead. You can. And but here's the cliff notes. Um, so as I have come to believe, and I truly do believe this is actually more appropriate to believe um, than other thoughts that I've had of what demons are. Mm-hmm can demon impregnate somebody and you know are you in 
is some woman out there that's listening is going to get nervous. Oh man, a demon shows up in my bedroom. What am I going to do? You know, <laughs> look, first of all, you just rebuke it in the name of Jesus and it has to leave. Yeah. So get right with the Lord and rebuke it in Jesus name, not in your name or anyone else's name, but Jesus name. Uh, make sure you, and even then you want to be right with the Lord because in Acts, there's a whole story of the seven sons of Sceva and they're, they're going out casting demons out in Jesus name and all this stuff. And, uh, the demons look at them and go, we've heard of Paul. We know Jesus is. Yeah, we don't know who you are. Who are you? And yeah. then they wreck shop on these seven <laughs> sons. And yeah. Send them out without their clothes on and total <laughs> embarrassment. But uh, so Nephilim were the Genesis 6 offspring, the progeny of these fallen angels and women. Nephilim were these weird, and the best way that I can describe it, and the only way I can describe it would be hybrids. Yeah, the giant, these giant hybrids. Right. And this is also gives us the reason why Noah had to do what Noah had to do. Because these, these fallen angels were, were actually corrupting the DNA of humanity uh, to the point of where they were unsavable in the sense that they were corrupted. Okay? And so when you get to where Noah has to build the ark and get out of and, and basically seek into the ark for refuge and safety and for protection. Noah's family is probably the last pure human line that existed. And it's possible that it, you know, we do know that Noah had a righteousness and he was a preacher of, of faith. You know, so he was a good, he was a good man he as was well. A, yeah. He was a good man. We know that. Um, no, but he did, he was a man. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. he needed to be saved just like everyone else will need to be right. saved, you know, but what's amazing is that it possible. There's a lot of this that could be that his genetic line was pure. Right. I was going to say just as an aside that this was like a big, huge, like whoa when I first heard it or like put it together. Yeah. Is again when you go back to that uh, cursing that God gives and the two distinct, or uh, yeah, for lack of a better term, the, the 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 distinct bloodlines. You know, like Satan's offspring, and then yeah, you know, Jesus is going to come. So I mean. That makes it makes sense as you know if Satan is he's very cunning he's highly intelligent I guess you would say in the ways that he works and yeah you know that kind of stuff so it would make sense you know now we can say you know one of the ways that he wanted to take out make because if if Jesus was going to come through um, Adam and Eve as a human you know if so when we get to but I mean, for lack of a better term, he's going to come through that line, right? Yeah, he had to come as a human. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, if rest. that if that DNA was you know for Mary to not have corrupt, if she had like some Nephilim DNA oh, right. in her, that's what I'm I'm getting at. Is there that you go. Satan was trying to corrupt trying the to corrupt the thing so that Jesus basically couldn't. Well, he'd have he, no options. Yeah, that's what he he was trying to make it so that Jesus wouldn't be able to right come. He was trying to thwart the rescue mission that God had right. for mankind, for humanity. Right. And as I said before, Satan just desires to take out God's creation, not necessarily you as a person, that, but because you belong to him, if you do belong to him, then he definitely doesn't want you to be, you know, but he can't get you because right. you belong to God. And this is the cool thing. So, okay, <laughs> so let's go back with the offspring for just a second, because this just made me think of something. So you have the offspring of man and you have the offspring of satan but then god has his own offspring right and that's when we get what what is called born again 
you're now born again, you're a new creation. And John chapter 3 in the New Testament talks about it, and Jesus has a clear conversation with this guy Nicodemus in reference to being born again. And this is why it's essential that a person is born again in order to be with God and be to be called a child of God in general. I mean, you're not a child of God when you're born on the planet. You're a creation of God, but you're not a child of God. You become a child of God when you're born again. The adopted family, right. so I, to speak. It bugs me. Well, you're actually offspring of God. You're a new creation. Mm-hmm. So you're born again. It's a, it's an actual what didn't exist now exists. Right. And what's it, it always bugs me whenever I hear like people talk, you know, oh, we're all just the children of God, you know, and it's like at some, you know, awards banquet, yeah, you know, yeah. awkward, the Oscars or something like that. And, you know, oh, children of God, we need to love each other. Yeah, we do. But we're not all children of God. Don't don't lie. Because <laughs> there's some people that are clearly not children of God. Yeah. And they need to be. And God wants them to be. So anyways, so you have this whole offspring. He was trying to corrupt the whole DNA. Genetic, yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole man. And you get to Noah. And the ark itself represents salvation because it's the it's the rescue. Jesus is our ark. We get into the ark, we find salvation from judgment on the earth, mm-hmm. the covenant that's made after the flood of the rainbow. And then here comes the seed of Satan with a covenant in his hand and a crown on his head to make war, coming basically through peace to establish himself. Right. And uh, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. I mean... When Jesus, even when he started his ministry and he, he was in Nazareth and he goes into the synagogue and uh, he was basically revealing himself for the rest of you know the world to know, hey, I'm here. And he opened it up the scroll to Isaiah and it, it, it's, he says, he, he says the, um, it talks about, I, I'm going to open the eyes of the blind, heal the sick, I'm going to set the captives free. And he doesn't read the entire verse. It's like it's like um, Isaiah sixty four four. I think is what it is. I can't remember off the top of my head what the verse is, but uh, he reads part of it. But he doesn't finish the verse. The second heart part of the verse is that he is going to bring judgment. Right. On it. But when you think about this for a minute, when he reads up to that point and he stops and he looks at everybody in there and he says, "Today this has been fulfilled in your hearing." Okay, that's first of all a huge claim. Number one, he's claiming that he is the Messiah. Number two, he's claiming that he's going to do the ministry of what the Messiah is going to do, which is set captives free and heal the sick and rescue the all this stuff. Which you just as an aside, he he does all that. He does do all that. Yeah, he does do all that. Um, and but but when he comes the second time, that's when he's going to bring judgment. Uh, that's why he didn't read that because that's not why I'm here right now. I'm yeah, my yeah, first yeah. coming, but my second coming is the rest of that Isaiah verse. Where it says, and he brings judgment. Yeah. And it's going to be a hammer. It's going to be like, John Cena! (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for a war? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyways. So that's the the white horse. That is the white horse. The white horse is the Antichrist coming to promise peace, break his promise, and then bring war. Possibly, literally, the spawn of Satan. Possibly, literally, the spawn of Satan, which is just crazy to think about, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. You, you, know? you were talking about movies, and I'm just going to throw this out there because I thought of it, and it actually is directly, um, it's not like the the Omen. There's this old one by, uh, I just have to say it because I love it, and it's Roman Polanski. 
uh, it's in the sixties. Ro- Rosemary's baby. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, she gets impregnated by Satan. Ugh. And then at the end, he has his father's eyes. <laughs> what's wrong with his eye? Or she's like, what's wrong with his eyes? What's wrong with his eyes? What were they red? They, they have this weird, like, gre- if I remember, it's like this green red hue. And they, cause the last shot is they look into the, uh, the baby carriage oh. and, you, and you just see the eyes. And then like one of the, it's like this cult that oh. used her that, uh, anyway. So somehow they got Satan to get her pregnant. Yeah. So that the, her husband can become a actor. Anyways, that's a, it's a whole other thing. But yeah. And then at the end they go, he has his father's eyes. Ooh. And then she's, and then who's his father? It's not Lucifer. Uh, it's not the father. It's not, you know, your husband, it's Lucifer. And then How did she not know? Did, was she just like drunk well, she, she has a dream. The dream gets her pregnant? Well, no. She doesn't know it's a dream. Oh. She has a dream. And it turns out that's actually what it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyways, it's a really good movie from the 60s. I think there's some nudity during that scene. So watch. <laughs> yeah. You know, take it for what it is. But it's a really good horror movie that Put your directly talks on. about this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first horse, dude. Yeah. So we've got, that's a lot to unpack. I don't think I'm going to pack nearly as much. I mean, it's been like 40 minutes of just the white horse. Yeah. But um, the white horse is important because he kind of kicks off all of these judgments. So most people don't realize there's seven seals on this scroll. Then there's going to be seven trumpets and there's going to be seven bowls. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of calamity, a lot of turmoil, a lot of pain. It's going to be happening. So that horse goes out and then you get to verses three and four of Revelation chapter six. And it says, when the lamb opened the second seal... I heard a second living creature say, come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one, and its rider was given power to make peace from the earth, or I'm sorry, take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. And to him was given a large sword. So again, the cherubim says, come. You know, God breaks, Jesus breaks the scroll open or breaks the seal and the, and the second living creature comes out. It's unnamed and uh, it's the second horseman is a fiery red horse and it has the, it's empowered to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. That's crazy. And it has a large sword with it. Um, so the best way that I can say is what's happening here is when you progress these horses through... And it's going to be pretty quick because we're talking about a, a three and a half year, <laughs> three and a half year tribulation period, right? And so what's going to happen is you're going to have peace, promised peace for three and a half years. Then you're going to have the revealing of the Antichrist, demand to be worshipped, and then you're going to find that war is going to break out because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the. This is when this horse kicks off, the red horse, which is the power to kill. And you know, Jesus said in Matthew, he's like, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars when you hear all of these things all of these things are just simply the birth pangs or the they call it the birth sorrows and it's like um and when you're when a woman goes into labor and it's she's painful yeah yeah birth pains and so um so war is going to follow politics so politics think about it how so you got to think about this this is you got to think of it from kind of a like a thousand foot view or a big picture view like geopolitically the antichrist is going to take his spot in the world power as the one world leader set mm-hmm. up a one world government not everybody's going to be on board 
Right, yeah. The rapture is going to have come before this. It's going to cause a lot of economic problems and a lot of problems. Like, I mean, that could be the downfall of America uh, in itself just because <laughs> if Christians... If we last that long. <laughs> if we last, yeah. yeah. I mean, revival is going to come too. There's a great harvest right before all that too. So <laughs> we got a harvest to look forward to. It's right before us, you know. We need to get busy. But then political leaders are going to engage in war. And this is going to just be widespread across the planet. And it's just, I mean, already it's like sort of like that now, but nothing like what I think we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, probably like nuclear weapons being used. I mean, just. Yeah. And with, you know, this, there could be all sorts of other stuff that Satan, uh, Satan, well, I guess so. But also the Antichrist is going to use. Yeah. So like technology will be his thing. Right. You know, we talk- well, I mean, we already talked about, so at this point, at the Red Horse, there's going to be the the chipping and the uh, the marks of the beast. So, you know, there's going to be Christians, you know, that and either the, aren't prepared or... Uh, resisting. Or resist. Or, well, so you got to... So if, we, well, I mean, if we're following Christian, the rapture, yeah. so people will... So this is the other thing. During the tribulation period, people will get saved. That, yeah. But they have to stand. Right. And we're told that their blood of the martyrs is going to cry out. You know, they're going to be probably give their a lot of them will give their lives for right, yeah. but they're rewarded in heaven for standing under great persecution mm-hmm. but technology you're right and when you talk about the mark of the beast that just reminded me you know, the beast is the system i want to drive that home it's not a thing or person it's i mean it is a thing but it's it's a, a culmination of things it's a financial system a religious system a political system it's you know, economic political and religious all together because the 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 Antichrist is going to put this beast in motion. It's a beast, and so the mark of the beast is that you identify with this system. System, right? And so you know, I just want to. Yeah. yeah. Some people, it just sounds creepy, like oh, the beast. Was well, that? a lot of beast talk with all this stuff. It's good to you know, because there's going to be actual. There's actual beasts like in heaven that John sees. Right. Yeah. So it's and Daniel saw beasts rising up out of the ocean. Right. When he saw these visions. Yeah. But the beasts were again. They were the Roman Empire, the Greek, the Greeks, mm-hmm. the Persians, and the you know the Babylonians. So systems. Yeah, they were systems. In, of in rule. this sense, when we're talking about that. Yeah, so that beast is going to have a war machine connected to it. Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, pretty wicked and and I think the leopard is probably symbolic of that a little bit. We talked about the leopard last week with the made for war and all of that. You mm-hmm. know, so that's the second horse. We're going to plug through a little bit now. Yeah. Um, and then the next horse is the black horse. And the black horse represents famine. Yeah. And it's in uh, Revelation 6, verses 5 and 6. It says, When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages. And do not damage the oil and the wine. <laughs> when I read that, I, I still remember reading that and going, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. Like, who, who wants barley and wine and, you know, all of that kind of stuff? But it is all, all of that is pointing to, and the scales, which is really interesting, is going to be injustice. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You know, um, Proverbs talks about scales, and it talks about, you know, making sure that you 
pay what stuff is worth. Well, I mean, even just like in our, uh, I'm not sure what the the symbol we use in the states. I'm not sure what it is for, but the you know the idea that uh, you know our law or it's a justice system. The justice. It is, I was going to say our law system. Yeah, right. our justice system. They have that picture of the the woman. She has, she's blindfolded, and it's you know justice is blind with the scale. Yeah. You know, it's the equality. It's that sense of let it prove itself. You know, pr- yeah, yeah. Like exactly. weigh it, weigh it out. Weigh it out. Yeah. Yeah, and so this horse has he the this, same thing. this rider has a yeah a scale in his hands, and uh, and it's just uh, you know just like so you have politics brings war, war brings famine, mm-hmm. and so um, evidently there's going to be just a shortage of you know natural resources for food and well that, that's the thing where it talks about the you know, the loaves of bread for a day's wages and all that stuff. So, that, I mean, that's, I assume it means, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that's about the amount of food that a person like needs to live. You know, like the, it's just talking about like the basic necessities. Yeah. Yeah. You're and right. It's a whole day's wages. you know, like again, cutting into that, uh, the idea that, you know, the mark of the beast, <laughs> I was, I almost like was talking last time, not wanting to ruin this, but yeah, you know, like the food will be scarce and even more scarce with, with in regards to those Christians. Yeah, for them in particular, especially if they yeah. don't take the mark. <clears throat> but um, because then you can't even buy or sell. Right. Like that, according to the scriptures. But um, so uh, the other thing, too, that to think about is that, um, like, <laughs> we, you know, the one world government system is not going to fit well in every economy. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're going to have inflation in some places, and other places are going to not, not feel it as bad, right? And so some some of these smaller, you know, third world, excuse me, third world countries, <laughs> countries, we just need to stop drinking. Listen, Coke, Coke, Coca Cola. If you want to sponsor our podcast, we are open. We have tons of listeners, <laughs> literally tons of listeners, right? And uh, you can sponsor us for very cheaply. Just give us a couple cases of Coke every month, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> We're drinking your product yeah. on the air and burping. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So famine's going to happen. Different economies, different parts of the world, they may not respond well to the one world government. So they might have fought, and maybe they lost all of their workers in the war Mm-hmm. to fight against the one world government and now they're being forced into it but they don't have anybody to work the factories so what happens then right yeah shuffling people around to try and get them there um so you have shortage of resources um all kinds of i was gonna say i found a thing about where it says uh here's an interesting point don't waste the olive oil and wine mm. right at the very yeah, end yeah yeah that's right so the the stuff i found about that it says Olive oil and wine symbolize luxury items that were exclusive domains of the rich during the time uh, that Revelation was written. Mm. From this verse, we learn that the fat, this is what this says, the famine referenced in the preceding sentence does not affect the wealthy. That's what it says. Oh, wow. So the the wealth, they're like, don't touch my stuff. Yeah. So could this be a communist socialist government? I mean, it sure sounds like one. It sounds like the... Andrea, Andrea, Alexandria, <laughs> Queso, whatever her name is. Yeah. The, this is the Green Deal. Maybe that's why the last horse is yeah. the livid horse, the green horse. He's going to come and wipe out all the farting cows. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. So there's going to be a major economic collapse, famine. Ah, 
and you know this is he promised peace and then this is what he's going to bring yeah. this is satan all this is satan this is sin right sin promises you and never delivers mm-hmm. i i just the i remember the first time i ever heard that and then realized how true that is oh yeah walk this way jump into this jump into this get into this and it's like oh it's gonna be so fulfilling so much fun but you never see the end result Mm -hmm. of just the travesty and the tragedy and the pain and everything that it causes Uh, and the whole world's gonna be under a delusion to get there yeah crazy so then that that's gonna open up the final seal the last horse the green horse which is death (laughs) death and it's uh, Revelation chapter six verses six or seven and eight, and it says, "When the Lamb opened the third seal, fourth. I'm sorry. When the am, <laughs> when the Lamb opened up the fourth seal. Oh, you know what? I I put in my notes here. I put the wrong uh, wrong verse. Hold on. Let me read it from my Bible. <laughs> it says, "When the, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse, and its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind." And they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by wild beasts of the earth. Hmm. That sounds fun. So we're going to have wild beasts coming in and attacking people with plagues and war and sickness. and so pretty much just Australia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> with all the animals coming in. Crikey, mate. Did you see that croc take that little the, baby from the... The dingo ate my baby. The dingo. <laughs> the dingo ate my baby. <laughs> uh, I heard that was a hoax, by the way. Oh, we I need to know. we need to research we'll that. To that, someone they made that, a movie about it. Someone that lived there told me it was a hoax. Ah, they said no, it's a hoax, man. I know they had a court case over it. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that's what came out. Maybe yeah. that's what they were talking about, and they thought it was a hoax. But so the horse, the green, it's pale horse, is what they call it. Pale horse. It's and it's the color is green actually it's livid is probably the best description that you can think of a livid horse it's like in dead it's death right yeah it looks like a corpse yeah kind of think that, of yeah that gross kind of nasty and uh and it actually comes from the the greek word for uh pale which is the same word where we get a word chlorine or we get a, it it's chloro chloro chlorophyll it's the same word that they use yeah. to describe that color and um and it's just a ugly disgusting death but so, you know, you think about it, he says that he only gives them a power to to kill a fourth of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I were talking before we hit play and or hit record on here, and we were just talking about the grace of God, how even when someone's, like, resisting in every way, and God's just giving them every possible moment to just turn, just turn, just repent, just yeah. just receive the free gift, you know, and how even here in this time where... Dude, it's pretty bad tonight. (laughs) You're in rare form. No one's gonna take us. We're talking about like eternal stuff, and we're burping. No one's gonna ever. I'm not burping. You're burping. Oh yeah. You just you just cover your mouth like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. Anyways, uh, so you have this horse. It's killing everyone, and God says no. You can only go so far. And this is the thing I love about it. It's like each one of these horses is still on a leash. You know, they're coming forth, they have a job, they have a specific, they're created, they're going to they're gonna accomplish a certain goal, but they can't go beyond those realms. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll go as far as that realm because they're hungry for everything that they can. But this horse is only going to ke- have the power to kill 25% of the earth or a quarter of the earth. Now, we might, you know, sitting in your car listening to this or whatever, you might think, well, that's not too bad. Um, just use your neighborhood for an example. So use the... 
okay, so use the every for every four houses, one's going to have experience everyone die. That's yeah. that's the same thing. Well, I was going to say, and it's even going to be more pronounced. Yeah, because the Christians are all gone. Well, right. I mean, they're, 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 this is all after the rapture, so it's even a smaller pop. Well, possibly assuming uh, <laughs> how many Christians I think are actually be, raptured. Th- well, yeah, I think uh, it'll be because the harvest, right? Yeah, yeah. The harvest is going to happen. Yeah. So people, souls will be come in. But I, I just, I just picture it's like you know, I'm not going to say the ha- half of the planet gets raptured or anything crazy like that. No, but, no, no. Um, but you know, like oh, well, let me give let me a put lot of people way. again are more people. And this is even after the people that have died from famine and the war. Right. So it's even more pronounced than just, so a court, you know. Maybe it's merciful that it's only 25%, <laughs> yeah. right? But well, you want to talk about the rapture? You're talking about numbers? So th- there's estimates that there's estimates that there are over 400 million believers in China. Wow. Almost 50% of the population underground are believers yeah. in China. Can you imagine that with the rapture? So that's like more than the population of the United States. Right. We have 300 million. They're more than us. Yeah. So the entire United States disappears. Yeah. Out of China. Like the population. Right. There'll be that's like crazy. 50 Americans that will <laughs> right. rapture. <laughs> you and I will be lucky if we make Hopefully, it. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, man. So, and you think about it too, like what are the methods? Like, so the first, the red horse, which is the war horse, like what if they use like, you know, EMP bomb or a biological, you know, weapon and people have some weird disease. Yeah. Well, I I mean, part of the thing that I was talking about, uh, my idea or, you know, with the the famine and all these tools that he's going to use with the second horse and all that, you know, there's definitely going to be biological stuff. Um, Actually, it was interesting. I just read an article. This is kind of as an aside. Um, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's talking about Israel. Uh, they were developing, I can't remember when, but they were developing some sort of bioweapon. I mean, this is the holy grail of any... Um, <laughs> if it's th- coming from Israel, it's probably true too. Yeah. But it, like it, you just think about it, like the China would love to... You know, this is the holy grail of bioweapons, is it only affects certain demographics of people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, they were. <laughs> this article I read <laughs> claimed that it was either the reverse, that it was something... Well, it was either whoa only going after Jews. They're coming up. They came up with some bioweapon that only targeted Jews, or it was Jews that Israel that made it that it only like only it Gentiles. saved only Jews. No, yeah, it, <laughs> that it had like whatever the uh, uh, hello, we're you're, we're your allies yeah, yeah, yeah. over here, <laughs> or it, like or I can't remember the article was like condemning the thing, so they might have said. You know, this bioweapon was used to target Arabs or something. You know, something which right. is stupid because... How could you define that? Yeah, well, I mean... It had it, to be like... The Jews and the... I mean, they look the same. I mean, you know, they're <laughs> the same part of the... It's like oh, Americans trying to make well, a bioweapon that, everyone, that kills Canadians. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> it's the but same thing. Everyone forgets, too, the Jews were not always the Jews. Right. They were just these ethnic you know they came from the same region yeah i mean god yeah. just picked out abraham and yeah. said you're gonna be a nation you know yeah so but i mean uh so that's one of the things uh so my point was if you know this bioweapon which you know it could do you know you think of you know china if they came up with something that only killed um i don't know 
Caucasian people. You know, something that's some they find something with Caucasians <laughs> that we have some terrible th- thing melanin. in us, melanin, melanin related, yeah. or you know, something like that. That yeah. the uh, that I don't want to use the term Oriental, but you know, like those kind of Asian. You know, yeah, like right. You know, if Chinese, they figure out some weapon that kills white people. And it doesn't affect <laughs> Chinese people. You know, I'm just saying something like that. I mean, again, that's kind of... White lives matter, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but they do. But I was going to say that's something like Satan would use. You know, he's tr- he already tried to commit uh, genetic warfare. He did. So, Well, he's tried to kill the Jews so many times. Yeah, yeah. And then he also tried to but do I mean, but humanity I was talking, warfare. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, but I meant like... Is, it's not. He tried to do that with Genesis the, six. Genesis six. The sons of. Yeah. So there you go. I think that that'll probably be something, and with all the gene editing and all that, you never know that you know down the future, that's, yeah. that could happen. So I found a, a quote. Okay. It's an old quote from a pastor. Like we're talking old. Like it's <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah, like eight <laughs> months ago, old. dude. It's like it was on. It was an Instagram quote, but no, uh, it was actually a quote by a pastor. And it said, "Listen to what it says." He's talking about the four horsemen. He says, "Each of the three preceding horsemen appeared in disguise. Deception appeared as a peacemaker on a white horse, as a patriot, as patriotism on a red horse, famine as luxury on a black horse, and this fourth horseman is no exception." For what does it say about culture, a culture like ours, whose number one industry is healthcare? Hmm. <laughs> I, I thought that was an amazing quote. Yeah. You know, uh, that was Pastor John Corson, for anybody that wants to know. John Corson <laughs> from Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque, I believe is where he is. But uh, anyways, uh, it, it, you think about our this horse of death, sickness, all that stuff, and we have such a priority on staying young and yeah. you know and here it is that that's going to hit us it's going to hit them hit the hit who's left you know we we think we're so advanced we're really not advanced yeah and and it really it's like a game like humanity and everything in humanity is like a game of jenga right now <laughs> yeah for real okay we're like one one you know pull the wrong chip out or whatever those block out and it all just can fall we think we're so sturdy and we're immovable and we've we're building this thing that's going to just you know be able to withstand anything i was going to say the romans probably thought that or the greeks heck yeah or the egyptians or yeah yeah i mean we we all every generation has thought that you know every major well i would say generate probably i mean some of these like the Roman Empire lasted for what, like a thousand years? Yeah. So, we'll think about some of these Chinese dynasties. Yeah. 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 But the the reality is, is that they're really God can just you know move one or two things and it's all it all crumbles. Yeah. And I think that's what you know these seals are going to do. And the whole remember the whole point of the whole point of the tribulation period is because the church will be in heaven, the believers are going to be. F- standing the ones that turn to christ during the tribulation are going to have to fight persecution they're going to meet him through persecution or through the thousand year reign when they make it there or they might die before you know just natural deaths or whatever but the god is trying to turn his people back to him israel that's what it's all about that's why the temple is the focal focal point because they want to get this temple made because they want to be able to restore their place to God the way that 
that they want to do it, they've rejected the Messiah, which is actually makes the temple the person that become the temple rather than the temple being a building made with blocks mm-hmm. of, of man's hands. And so everything about the tribulation is to get Israel to turn back to him. That's the whole point of it. Right. Uh, and he's going to use the Gentiles to do it. He's going to use an extreme Gentile, that's probably satanic spawn of the Antichrist to kick it all off. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to know, like, I, you know, the Antichrist isn't going to be th- thrown into the lake of fire till the end. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to get his destruction, you know, him and the, the false prophet and Satan himself will be tossed into the lake of fire. They will, they will get their judgment. It will happen. But not until a lot of bad stuff's a happening. Lot, a lot of bad stuff's happening. So here's my thing to anyone listening. Just draw close to God in the in the truest sense of the word. Don't believe the lies of this world. Just draw close to him. Just by faith, just gent- just look to God and ask for him to be real to you. It's that simple. And that's it's that's how he works, by the way. Um it says that if you draw if you search, seek me with all of your heart you will find me. And so that's a that's a promise from God. So just if you want to avoid all of this stuff, not as fire not as fire insurance or anything like that, but really just to know the living God that's going to cause all of this to happen, uh just turn to him. It's easy as pie. Just pray and ask him to be real to you. And he will he will do that. Yeah, he loves doing that, does he? Yeah, and get a Bible. Yeah. Read a Bible. So, anyways, so that's the four horsemen, bro. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Nothing else. I can't think of anything else. Man, you know, uh, you know, I was, I had a conversation <laughs> with, <laughs> had a conversation with with the Antichrist. He's actually around. He's and he's available. I uh, emailed him and he sent me back an audio. And this is what he said to, to tell you because he he says he says he feels like Trump feels about like you. This is what he told me to tell you. I hate you! Oh, wow. It was short and sweet. That is very short. I hate you! He hates you. He hates you. The Antichrist does? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Macron? Macron. And he sent me this. <laughs> I think he I think he was drinking Coke Zero. Probably. And he just, he just burped. It sounds like that. <laughs> oh, man. You can't handle the truth! Oh, we can't. We can't. <laughs> Rosie, it's been awesome, bro. Yeah, man. It's been awesome. I will catch you next time. Toodaloo. Au revoir. (laughs) Auf Wiedersehen. Ciao. Ding dong day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on All Out War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at AllOutWarCast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.